Hi, my name is Jesus, and I am on Rec Staff. You're listening to week two of the Falls Creek Podcast. The speaker for week two was Zane Black, and we had 5,016 students in attendance. Enjoy. You're awesome. I love you guys. Um, it has been so good to be here. And, you know, man, I had uh, worked really hard on, uh, on a sermon that um, was, was I really thought for tonight. And um, it went with the whole theme of what we've been talking about, about this mystery and, and looking at, you know, where Paul says, man, pray for me that I might fearlessly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And um, I don't know what it was, but I just felt like after last night, I felt like the Lord really did something amazing in my own heart. And I think in many hearts here as I got to travel around camp today and hear stories of what God's faithfulness and what he's doing in your lives. And I felt like maybe he was asking me to change my sermon. And so I don't fully know what that means and maybe it's just for you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's for one of you. Maybe it's for all. Maybe it's for me. Um, but, but, but just so you know, for, for, that was like really difficult when you work through this whole thing and then you're like, I'm sensing that God wants me to take a step in a different direction. And so I'm going to take that step and then we can discern whether like, man, was that really the Lord who did that? Or like Zane just lost his mind, you know, <laughs> too much brisket or something. So um, with that, uh, I don't know if we're even going to have the verses on the screen, although I do know Michael and his crew, the False Creek AV team is next level. Can we get up for the False Creek media and AV team? Um, and, and so with that, if, I, you'll, if you Bible, you'll be able to follow along. So open up your Bibles to Luke 19. Verse 1, let's go. And um, it is exciting to open up the Word of God because we know, again, that while it'll be up here, and I'll be up here, me speaking, but truly the God of the universe has the opportunity to speak here to us this morning, or this evening as we open up His Word. And so Luke 19, 1 through 10, and, and, and the other part that did it is as... Um, Josh and, and Todd were, were preaching this morning, I, I was like, man, I was so encouraged by what they were talking about of, of Jesus being hidden in plain sight. We, they looked at, you know, Jesus was hidden in the Old Testament. That like, and, and we heard it in, in Dylan's rap, just this idea that like the whole Old Testament was like pointing to Jesus. We see him throughout every book if you have the eyes to see to uncover that mystery. And then, um, you know, uh, uh, Todd and Josh talked about the reality of how even while Jesus was on earth for 30 plus years, that like his true identity was still hidden from many. That like even though there are people who like met the living Jesus, they still didn't receive salvation because they didn't understand truly who he was and what he was going to do for him. And, and I was just so floored by that and it was actually what I was going to talk about. But then this thing hit me. Not only was Jesus, Jesus hidden back then and, and to many, you know, hidden through the scriptures. But it actually asked me a question. And it's the same question I want to ask you. If you are a believer, you may be the closest to Jesus that anybody ever meets. Because we know that the Bible reveals Jesus to us. 
But let's be honest, not everybody's reading the Bible nowadays. But Paul says in Corinthians that you yourselves are a letter written not with ink on tablets of stone, but written with the Spirit on hearts. And then he says, you are our letter known and read by everyone. And here's my question to you. If you are a letter from God to others, are you the one who's hiding Jesus in plain sight? And I felt like that was what God was asking me. It was like, Zane, I'm, I'm revealing myself to the world. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is through my people. The only obstacle is my people. And so maybe a little bit of a heart check. Are you the one who's hiding him in plain sight? And, and so, I mean, I was like, man, Lord, I, I don't want to just hide him in plain sight. Like, that's why, you know, I talked about the hockey team last night is I want to be a person who goes to those places to be Jesus to those people because I might be the closest to Jesus they meet. Not that I'm like next to Jesus or something, you know. There's a lot of work that needs to still be done for that. But he lives in me if I'm a believer and I might be the closest that they see. So Luke 19.10, I want to go then to Jesus and see, well, how did he reveal himself to people on this earth? So Luke 19 verse 1, we're going to read through and actually I'm going to read through the whole story and then we'll go back and kind of um, go, go through little pieces. So again, I'm going to ask that you guys would all stand in honor of God's word. And I know some of you got your like journal out and you're like your pen and you're, you're balancing it, but way to be. Um, Luke 19, verse 1 and following, it says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. You can almost like hear the hatred in their voice, you know. Jesus is going to eat with Zacchaeus and these all, all these people are like, he's with a sinner. You know, they're like ready to throw lightning bolts down, right. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possession to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. Don't miss this part. Verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You may be seated. This is the word of the Lord. And Father, I just pray again as they're getting seated, man, that you would, you would reveal yourself to us here tonight as we open up your text. Lord, we trust you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So the first thing that really gets me, and at first glance it doesn't seem like very much, is verse 1. Luke 19.1. He just says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. I'm like, well, what's so big about that? But just think about this for a second. Jesus, being God, did not keep himself separated from people. And you think about like, you know, usually famous people or important people, they live in gated communities separated from the commoners. You know what I mean? It's like the people in Hollywood that don't hang out with the common people. But here's Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. If anybody could have been locked up on some holy hill, separated from the rest of people, it would be Jesus. But we see him just hanging out with everyday people. And this kind of floored me, and it's the reason why I joined the hockey team. And it's also the reason why I love to go to skate parks. Do we have any skaters here? I know we got like this. Yes, it's awesome. Um, I, I love to go to skate parks. And, and you know, I'm not very good. Um, I've skateboarded for a long time. But, like, I'm getting kind of old now. You know what I mean? And one of my favorite things to do is to share the gospel there. But because I'm getting older, they started calling me, like, grandpa at the skate park. You know, I'm like, oh, you know what's worse than getting called grandpa? Getting schooled by one. Oh, <laughs> and bust out a trick from the 1980s, and, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I think your mom called, it's nap time, so, uh, but it's, it's so fun, I love going there, and I, I love hanging out and, and, and talking with dudes about Jesus, and there was this one time where I started having this conversation with, with these like two guys about Jesus, and as we're talking about Jesus, it starts creating a little bit of a commotion, and so more people start gathering around in the skate park to hear me talk about Jesus. Well, as you may have noticed, I get a little bit excited sometimes when I start talking about Jesus, right? And so there's more people coming at the skate park, and now I'm getting so amped. And all of a sudden, it's like the whole skate park is just standing around listening to me talk about Jesus. I'm so pumped, but all of a sudden, from the other end of the skate park, I see this dude with this massive mohawk and I'm talking it is like dyed black standing about a foot and a half tall completely shaved on the side he's dressed all in black he's got chains he's got ear piercings all up and down he's got a big lip ring he's got the like neck piercing rings and he's got a bullhorn nose ring and a snarl on his face and his eyes lock with mine and he walks up there's the crowd. He just kind of boom, boom, shoulders his way through the crowd, walks right up into my face and goes, I hate Christians. And it was in that moment, you could have heard like a pin drop at the skate park, right? And, and everybody like kind of calls me, they started calling me the Jesus dude there, which I'm like, I, I've been called a lot worse, you know what I mean? And it was like, what's Jesus dude going to do right now, you know? And I, I just said the first thing that came to my mouth, which isn't always a good thing, right? We talked about that last night, you know. He goes, I hate Christians. And I go, me too. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait, uh, words get back in my mouth. <laughs> and, and he was kind of like, what? And I was like, oh, what? And I, I just started praying. Do you, and do you guys ever pray those prayers that you like, you don't even know what you're saying? You know, I'm like, now I lay me down to sleep. No, no, that's not the one, you know. And then you just start, you're like, Lord, Lord, Lord. And he's like, I got you're talking to me, you know. And, and so I'm just praying. And I'm thankful, man, that God also hears our heart, not just our words, right. And, 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 and in that moment, I'm like, you know, I mean, I used to hate Christians because I thought they were a bunch of hypocrites. Well, I say that, and he goes, 
yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, he's kind of engaging with me. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I used to, and I started telling him a little bit about my story. And I was like, you know, but it was often like the Christian people who would always just like judge me. And, and I thought like I was kind of winning him over. But when I said judge me, he would be like, yeah, they're so judgmental. I'm like, oh, he's mad again. <laughs> and, and so I was like, okay. And I was like, but you know what was wild? And he's like, what? And I was like, Jesus like came to hang out with sinners like you and me. He was like, he did? And I was like, oh, he's listening to me talk about Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And it was the religious people that killed Jesus. He was like, those religious people, I knew it. And I'm like, oh, he's mad again. But I think he's mad at the people that killed Jesus. <laughs> and so I don't know what to do in this moment, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? And he's like, what? I'm like, Jesus got the last laugh. He's like, what do you mean, man? And I'm like, three days later, he rose from the grave and he offers people like you and me life. And he's like, whoa. I'm like, bakes your noodle, huh? And so, he did, it was like too much for him, right? So he just went back and he, he just went back to skateboarding. And I was like, whoa, that was intense, you know? And so we all kind of went back to skateboarding. But then as I got ready to leave, I walk over to my car, I throw my skateboard in. And Mohawk dude had this buddy with him the whole time who never said anything on his own accord. He just repeated everything that Mohawk did. He'd be like, hypocrite, yeah, religious people, you know? And, and, and all of a sudden he's just standing next to me at the car. And I'm like, hey, how, how you doing, man? He's like, good. He's kind of a soft-spoken kid, he's kind of big, and I was like, what's going on? He goes, are you leaving? And I was like, yep, getting in my car and going. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, are you going to come back? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll be back, you know. <laughs> and he goes, okay, well, can I have a hug? I was like, yeah. Gonna have a hug, like in this big old bro embrace, you know? You always do like the tap on the back when you're a guy, you're like, I'll hug you, but you're like, I'm still a dude, right? And so you give him the big old embrace, and, and then as I get in the car, I hear from the other end of the skate park, Mohawk dude, and he goes, Hey, Jesus dude. And I'm like, That's me. <laughs> Don't I get a hug too? And I like ran across the skate park. Brothers don't shake hands, brothers got a hug, man. And I gave him this big old embrace. And, and you know what I realized is I don't think they met like Jesus dude. I think that through me, they were meeting the Jesus dude. And, and I think this is what happens in Luke 19.1 is Jesus is with the people. And so I, I want to ask you, are you going to where the people are? And are you going with the intention to be like Jesus? And now I know, you know, I shared about the hockey story last night. I also want to give you guys a caution. Because there's some of you who, who you may actually need to change some of the friend groups you're in. Because some of it you're not ready for and they are a terrible influence on your life. And, and you're not strong enough in your faith to be in that circumstance, and it's only causing you to fall. Some of you, you need to like separate from some of those parties that you're going to because you can't be a witness there because it only tears down your faith and you always end up falling. But here's what I also know. Some of you are on sports teams, or you're part of after-school clubs, or you're part of friend groups, and, 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 and you, have, you have friends that don't love Jesus in those groups. And you kind of have three options. 
you can join them, and when they start making fun of other people, or when they start using crass language, or when they start telling jokes that are offensive to the heart of God, or they take part of the very things that Jesus died for, and you just join them. And it's an offense to the cross. And, 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 for, and if you're a Christian, it gives not only, it not gives you a bad name, but, but Christ and his followers a bad name. And, 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 and some of you, you've taken the other route and you've just judged them. And, and so you want to stay so far away from it that you're the one who like, you, you, you just look at them and you tear them down. And you're like, you're going to hell for this. You know, they're like, it's hot in here. You're like, it's hot in hell. You know, and you're like, ah, I'm just trying to say it's kind of a warm day out, you know. And you're the one to quickly speak down to them and, and, and cut them down and you place yourself higher than them. But I think there's a third option. You can join. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. You could judge. I don't know if it's always helpful. Or you can share Jesus. And you can be Jesus to them. And, and so let's look through the passage because then we're like, well, how do I do that, Zane? Well, we're going to see that. So, so if you keep going in the story, check out Luke 19.5. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I love this part of the story. Je I mean, picture this. Picture this. It says that Zacchaeus has to run ahead and climb a tree. Why does Zacchaeus have to climb ahead, or run ahead to go climb a tree to, to see Jesus? He's short. <laughs> Wait, but like all short people got to climb a tree to see Jesus? Yes? <laughs> no. It's, I mean, yes, it's because he's short, but, but what is it about him being short? Because of the crowd. So picture yourself in the street. What is happening? Jesus is walking through a crowd of people, I hope you don't miss this truth, and it's a big enough crowd that Zacchaeus has to get up to a run to get far enough ahead to climb a tree to get to the point where Jesus is, and Jesus passes by tens, hundreds, thousands. Jesus walks by the masses for the one. Man. That hit my heart of like Jesus had eyes to see. If I'm taking notes, I'm writing, do I have eyes to see like Jesus sees? You know what I mean? Because here's the deal. If you feel like, well, man, I want to be a witness, well, then all of a sudden I'm like, I feel the pressure that when I go to the grocery store, I see every person like I need to tell them about Jesus. You know what I mean? So I'm like running from aisle to aisle, and I'm like, yo, do you know Jesus? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, I got to tell you, but there's another guy over here in aisle six, so I got to go get him, right? And you're like, then you're like, oh, I'm going to get the megaphone. And you're like, hello, we got to clean up on aisle 10 of your soul, right? And you're like, all of a sudden, you're, you're running around, and you're trying to like share with everybody because you feel the burden, but Jesus Yes, still felt the burden for every lost person, but he also was so connected to his father that he knew where his father was leading. And, and so what if we were that type of people who just had eyes to see? And, and, and here's what I found in life is, is, is what does that mean? Well, sometimes it looks like the waitress that's super rude. And rather than being like, dude, I'm totally stiffing her on a tip, not giving her any money, and I'm leaving a gospel track in there because that girl needs to get saved. <laughs> I'm going to go, man, what if there's something going on in her heart and I want to I share the gospel with her? So I'm going to ask her, hey, what's going on? 
Or what if that bully that has been like tearing you down, rather than fighting back with your words, you look to serve her with your words? Or, 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 or what if that person on, on your sports team who is just like so prideful and arrogant and you just like can't wait till they strike out even though, though they're on your team, you're like, oh, you deserved it. You start building them up rather than cutting them down. Because apparently they're looking for attention and what if you gave it to them and then look for an opportunity to share with them. Because you know what? God can use those situations. And I, I saw it, dude. I, uh, we just moved into this new neighborhood a couple years ago, and we were doing some remodeling on this house, which I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, I was raised by a single mom, so the only set of tools I had was a pink screwdriver and a pink hammer. Like, I never remodeled nothing, right? But here we are, like, one day tearing down sheetrock. I'm cover covered in sheetrock dust. It was, like, 100 degrees, which in Minnesota, that's a really scary thing, you know? Like, people are passing out left and right, right? And so it's like, oh, man, we're going down. And all of a sudden, I'm in my house and I hear this voice go, are you mad that I'm in your house? To which I was like, think very carefully how you answer this question. And I look around the hallway, no lie, there's this dude, cut off jean shorts, no shoes, no shirt, sweating from head to toe and like jacked, you know, and I'm not a big guy, right? My dad would always tease me. He'd be like, there's a string hanging out of your shirt. I'm like, there is? And he'd be like, oh, that's your arm. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> so, so here's this dude all like, and he's sweating and he's like, you mad that I'm in your house? And I got a couple buddies with me and they look at me like, oh no, dude, it's his house. We're cool, you're here. <laughs> and so I'm like, what do you say? And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm pumped you're in my house. He goes, you are? And I was like, yeah, dude, you can come over anytime. What's your name? And he goes, my name's Critter. I'm like, I'm sure it is, dude. <laughs> and he goes, but people call me Chris. And I was like, oh, no, but my, my real name's Chris. And I was like, okay, I don't know which one to call you, but you're pretty creepy. I know that much. <laughs> And, and he starts telling me, it turns out he lives three doors down. His house is the one that keeps up Halloween decorations all year long. <laughs> Windows boarded up, you know, I found out. And he starts telling me, he's like, well, there's, they got rules for me down at the local pub. And I was like, oh, really? Do tell. And he's like, I'm not allowed in there after 10 p.m. And I was like, I'd cut you off at 6. Um, and... He, and he goes through, and I find out, you know, later, a couple, a couple of days later from my other neighbors, they've, like, found him passed out in the middle of the middle of a road, main highway, just, like, sleeping on the curb like it was his pillow. Like, I mean, dude's crazy, right? And, and so, but we start talking, and I'm like, man, well, hey, you could come over to my house anytime. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm Zane, this, that, the next. And we just start having this great conversation. He's like, no one's ever really treated me like you have. And I was like, well, hey, man, I'm glad to be in the neighborhood. I can't wait to hang out with you. And he was like, well, why don't you come over to my house? We have raging fires and big bonfires and parties. And I was like, I probably won't come over, but you can come over here anytime, you know. And we started a relationship. Started mowing uh, his neighbor's lawn. He came over. He's like, why are you doing this? I was like, man, I want to spread, spread the love of God. He then, a uh, couple, uh, last summer, he got arrested. Saw the cops pull up and haul him out of his house. I was the first one to call. Hey, man, is there anything we can do to help? You know what? He starts coming over to our house now. Hey, hey, Zane, how are you doing? Hey, would you pray for me? Hey, Zane, we, this is what's going on in, in, in my family. Could you help? And, uh, 
and, and it started by by just loving him, meeting him where he was at, and having eyes to see that maybe this crazy dude standing in the middle of my living room <laughs> actually has something going on in his heart that he needs. So what if I could see beyond the surface to what's really going on? And so my challenge for you, believers, is do you see beyond the surface to the hurts and needs of those around you? That that kid sitting all alone at the lunch table, maybe they look for someone to just share some bit of love. Maybe the person who's wounding others with their words is because they're getting wounded at home. And so you could be the love of Jesus to, 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 to take them out of hiding. <laughs> That yes, Jesus is in plain sight and he lives inside of you. And you could be that one to share that love. You know what I realized even about Mohawk dude is he was mad because the most of what he had heard about Christianity was judgmental. But, but then as we continued to build the relationship, it was cool to see how, how that began to change. So I continued to go to the skate park and I continued to see change. But let, let's look at what happens next in, in the passage. Luke 19 um, verse 6 and 7. So it says that... that uh, Zacchaeus says he comes down at once and welcomes Jesus gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. This, this was like rock of my world that Jesus embraced a sinner. He says, I, I want to go to your house to eat. In that culture, that was like accepting someone. Jesus just befriended the broken. So much so that all the other people around were like, what, Jesus, you're hanging out with that dude? He's rotten. The people knew that Zacchaeus, so we learned that he's a tax collector, which is interesting because a tax collector in that day was like worked with the Roman government. And, and they would go around and they would tax people and some tax collectors would like, there's no real way to keep uh, tabs on it. So they would like take extra money and they would get wealthy. What's interesting is the scripture tells us that Zacchaeus was a tax collector and that was wealthy, but we also learn that he's Jewish. And what does that mean? He's essentially betrayed his own people, he's partnered with an evil government, and he's taxing his own people and possibly getting rich on the side because of it. It's possible that those people in the crowd have been hurt by this man Zacchaeus. He's known as a thug, he's known as a punk, he's known as a traitor, and Jesus says, I'm going to your house and we're having dinner. Wow. What would it look like for us to be those type of people who get this? Love like Jesus. Who love just with a radical love. Who love with a relentless love. Who just love with like no bounds. We just say, you know what, I'm going to run after the broken, not from them. And again, some of us, we need to be careful because we don't want to place ourselves in hurtful or harmful or situations that would cause us to fail or fall because of the temptation. But some of us need to come out of hiding and begin to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken. And what Jesus does here is a radical act of love because he loves Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus ever has a chance to change. He just loves him where he's at. I feel like Jesus didn't see Zacchaeus for who he was, but for who he could become. And what if we started seeing the best in people? And, 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 and what we see, I think, is life change comes. 
as a result. Check out the next part, Luke 19.8. But Zacchaeus then stood up and said, look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will repay it back four times the amount. First of all, Zacchaeus just encounters, I believe, real love. And because of it, his life is changed. He says, here, I'll tell you what, I'll give half of my stuff to the poor right now. You want to see people get excited about social justice and helping the hurting? Man, share radical love with them, and it changes their heart. And no longer Zacchaeus has his confidence in his possessions because he's just been impacted by love. And he says, I'm willing to, let, I'm willing to go broke because I've just encountered the fullness of love. And you know what, this is what I found actually with the, the Mohawk dude, where the story continues. So um, one day I was at church, and this, I continued to go to the skate park. And I would look for him, and I couldn't wait. And I would like, I would encourage him. I was like his biggest champion. He broke a skateboard one day. I gave him a skateboard. He was like, why would you do this? I'm like, yo, Jesus gave me life. I can give you a skateboard, you know? And he's like, wow. And it was just such a rad relationship. He literally would be in the car, like driving past the skate park. And if he would be like with his friends, he would yell like, hey, Jesus, dude. And be like, turn around, my friend's there. He would bring all of his friends back over to the skate park, literally come up to me like, hey, Jesus, dude, these are my friends. Tell them what you told me. And I'm like, uh, that I hated Christians? <laughs> and and, and that, but it would be opportunities to speak about Jesus' love to these guys. And, and the relationship continued to grow. To one point I was at church and this lady comes up to me. And she goes, hey, you're Zane, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I, I heard about you. She's like, do you, do you um, hang out at the skate park a lot? And I was like, I do. And she goes, have you ever met this kid? And I, I won't tell you his name. but uh, And I was like, yeah, I have. And she was like, it was the craziest thing. She goes, she goes, I was wondering if you, you know much about him. And I was like, I do a bit. And she goes, wildest thing, when he came into my class, first thing, he's like this giant mohawk and he's just, angry and he like threw his book bags on the table and I went over to see what was wrong with him like hey this is you know you okay I'm a teacher like you're kind of disrupting my class threw his desk up in the air smashed everywhere and he like started yelling at me I had to kick him out of my class I've had to kick him out of my class multiple times like and then I was gonna send him um I was we were gonna kick him out but we found out what was going on in his home life his mom was no longer involved dad was abusive and so we figured, well, if we kicked him out of school, it would be even worse. So we kept him, thinking that at least he could be at a safe place. And she was like, but then the weirdest thing happened. And I was like, what happened? Because I hadn't seen him in a while. She was like, something changed. And he came one day after school and said, I apologize. And I was like, really? And she was like, I about, you know, she was like, after I picked myself up off the floor, I was like, what happened? And, and, and she was like, he started becoming a leader in our class. And then he, he, he actually led the senior trip. And I was like, whoa, what happened? She's like, and now he went off to college and his life has totally changed. I was like, well, I haven't seen him in a while. She's like, he kept telling me about this guy that he met at the skate park. And all he knew him as was the Jesus dude. You don't happen to know who he's talking about, do you? And I was like, never heard of him. <laughs> I know the Jesus dude, but huh, that's interesting. Because to me... I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the Jesus dude. 
And I think that's the reality, that we have the opportunity for our friends in our schools, in our communities, our homeschool co-ops, our teams, our, our, our after-school, whatever that we're a part of, for those people to meet the Jesus dude through the Jesus dudette even. <laughs> and uh, that, that like Jesus is alive and that we can show the world that he is alive. And so I want to give a challenge. And in just a moment, uh, and just a little bit, I'm going to pray, and, 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 but, but, but I want to give a call because I still think there's some people who, who haven't given their life to Jesus yet, and so I want to focus on you uh, as well. But, but I also know there's a second call that I'm going to do after the worship, and I'm going to ask a, a, for a second call. And that second call is, is I think there's some people in here who God is calling to surrender to the full-time life of occupational ministry. And I know he's been working on your hearts. But I want all of you to think about in that second call as well. What does it look like to live lifestyles of ministry? That like, in a sense, we're all missionaries if we're believers. We are sent by God. And so some of you, yes, you are going to surrender your life to be like, I'm going to be a youth pastor and I'm going to go off to a four-year college and I'm going to go off to seminary, I'm going to study God's word, and I'm going to like give up to be a full-time paid, little paid, uh, payoff in heaven, right, with a retirement plan that's out of this world, but a payoff in heaven um, that is like, that, but, but that you're giving your life to ministry, but, but, but I also know that some of you are studying to be doctors, some of you are studying to be lawyers, some of you guys are going to go off to be janitors or school teachers or whatever it is, and that you would see your life as a missionary, and you're just clothed with being a doctor, being a lawyer, being a physician, being a school teacher. It's just your way of you sort of being hidden so that Christ could be revealed. And so that you see you're calling from the Lord to be one who goes to where the people are, who loves like Jesus loves, who sees the hurt and the need. And then lastly, the last verse, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus was committed to a mission. He sent you on a mission. He didn't just save you to set you on a shelf, but he saved you to send you into the world who needs help. He is launching you into the world. And so whatever it is, regardless of occupation, that you would see your calling as missionary, as ministry, to be the hands, the heart, the feet, the mouthpiece of Jesus. So that's going to be my second call. I want you to think about that. And I'm, I'm going to address that second. After we have a little bit of time of singing, I'm going to address that second. But first, I still think there's some people here who are holding on. And you haven't given your life to Jesus. You know what the craziest thing about this story is? It's actually not about us. It's about Jesus. 
Jesus comes to where the people are. It's not that you find Jesus, it's that he's already found you. And, 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 and get this, some of you, man, I was having conversations today that broke my heart to hear of some of the pain that some of you guys have been through. Some of you have had things happen to you and you're asking the question, why God? And you feel alone, you feel hurt, and you've been wounded. And some of it has been in the most atrocious way. And it broke my heart to hear and I understand why you're asking the question, why would God allow this to happen? And I, I don't have an answer to that question other than what if we're asking the wrong question? And rather than why, it's what. What are, you gonna, what are you doing in this, God? And like I shared last night, what if, what if God is actually working in the midst of the brokenness? I don't believe that he caused it, but I believe that he can take it and he can turn it for his good. Because Romans 8, 28, God it works all things for good for those who love him. And that God can work those things in your heart. And the, even the most wretched of things for your good. But first, you've got to give him your heart. You got to receive him as savior. You got to like Romans 8 or Romans 10, um, uh, talk about just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And, and to know that like Jesus loves you with a radical love. That he just loves you right where you're at. And get this. You can't make Jesus love you any more or any less than he does, Right? Now, Jesus loves you as you are, and he loves you too much to allow you to stay the same. He loves you right where you're at, and he's going to take you, but first, you got to give it up to him. And I want to share this last bit. To prove the point of God's love. There's this passage in Psalm 139. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. What's interesting about this passage, I was just doing a study on it recently. It's not how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Like as if we were to sit there and think about how many thoughts God has and think, wow, those are really great thoughts you have, God. The actual translation is, how precious of me are your thoughts, O oh God. I don't know if you caught that difference. The psalmist says that God is thinking about you. And his thoughts of you are precious. And if you were to count the thoughts of God towards you, it would be greater than the grands of sand on the seashore. And I'm not really good at math, but I'm going to say that's a lot. And to think that the God of this universe is thinking about you. His thoughts were so vast of love towards you that they outnumber the sand. Some of you are just thinking about, man, someone's got to clean up that sand. (laughs) 
Don't be distracted by the reality that there is a God of the universe who loves you. And like, I just got this little jar. And think about the sand across the world and the God who created him. He thinks about you and it's love. And he's just waiting to pour out that love to you. So will you accept his love tonight as I stand here in a mess of sand I think about the mess of my sin, but all the greater the love of a Savior. So I'm going to pray. And if you need to give your life to Jesus tonight, maybe you felt it in your heart, Romans 10, you believe it in your heart, maybe it's time to go public with it. Something private's happening, it's time to go public. When I say amen at the end of my prayer, everybody's going to stand up. And as everybody stands up, you say, yeah, I need to respond to Jesus tonight. God created you to know him. Your sin is separated from him. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. But Jesus paid the price when he died on the cross and rose again. And by simply trusting in him alone, you can have eternal life. Starts now and lasts forever. I want you to slip out when I say amen. And I want you to come forward. We'll pray for you and we'll talk to you about what that means. So, Father God, we love you. We thank you for the reality. As my hands right now are just covered in sand, I think about your love towards me. And I thank you, God, that you've changed me. I think about your love for each and every one of these students. And it, it bakes my noodle. <laughs> and I thank you for it, Lord. And I pray that those who are holding on would let go. They would come forward and learn what it is to walk with you and experience life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening.